Good afternoon. It's Niall Boyle and with you for the next hour or so. It's certainly going to be a juicy show today because we're talking about politicians. I said this morning when we mentioned this, we would have no problem getting people on the air. But I don't want you on the air all for the wrong reason, all right? Because it's not just about politicians. It's about public sector workers. And hold on to your hats, folks. There is a thrilling saga unfolding in the world of TDs. Those fine folks that are steering the ship of public service. Brace yourselves because their pay structure is gearing for a dazzling makeover. With a promise of an annual increase of hovering over 120,000. And it's like, I suppose, some sort of blockbuster movie uh, with spreadsheets and salary negotiations. Uh, presently, these public servants pocket a cool €108,000, €987 to be exact, each every year. But hold on. Because those figures are primed for a increase until 2026. Why? Well, it's all tied up in an agreement that needs a golden stamp of approval from the cabinet me- members who are currently mulling over the idea uh, of these pay hikes for the public sector. The suspense, I'm sure, is killing most of you. So picture this. A grand total of $3.6 billion has been tossed into the pot to sweeten the deal, thanks to the public expenditure minister, Pascal Dunahoo, masterfully negotiating this uh, whole deal. And of course, he kind of sprinkled in an extra two quarters of a billion billion euros on top of his original 2.9 billion offer. And now we're looking at a 10.25% pay increase uh, set to unfold over the next two and a half years for the 385,000 public servants across the land, including politicians, because they're public servants. Now, they can choose to take it if they want. Actually, I think I remember last time around, there was a case of they can't refuse to take it. They must take it. But if they want it, they can give it to a charity. But there's more drama. Mr. Donoghue, in a kind of Shakespearean twist, expressed disappointment at the unions for kind of, you know, snubbing their noses at the initial 8.5% offer. He even dropped in a line about inflation having a moment. Who knew inflation could even get moody? Now, let's talk numbers. Uh, picture, say, a staff nurse doing their thing on the fifth incremental point. Uh, normally, they'd be getting 39,813, uh, but now the paycheck will bounce up to 44,000. A member of Angarda Shikana, for example, will see an increase of maybe 5,000 over the next uh, couple of years. So, a quick reminder basic pay is just the appetizer. They are, I suppose, juicy potential earnings like allowances and overtime, and some lucky public servants will see their allowances do a little bit of a happy dance and sync with their pay increases. And, of course, if the stars align, <laughs> Uh, the proposed 9.5% pay increases, um, plus, of course, the 1% local bargaining increase provision, uh, would get the green light. The TD's basic salary could hit, as I said, a dazzling 119466 I'm sure they'd be delighted with that. But that's not all, by the way. It gets worse. Former politicians and retired public servants with pensions hitched and linked to public sector pay also are eagerly awaiting their slice of the pay pie increase. So here's the question I want to ask you today. I, there's no point in me asking you, do they deserve a pay increase? Because I'm 90% sure I could fill an hour and a half or 10 hours with people saying absolutely not. But we're talking about the public sector in general. And if the public sector are getting a pay increase, shouldn't the private sector get it too? So should we bring in some sort of legislation like we did back in the 80s with the National Wage Agreement suggesting that the you know private sector also get a pay increase of 10.25%? Now, the argument against that is it will put a lot of businesses out of business because as it is, they're struggling with rising costs of insurance, you know, energy bills, um, the minimum wage is increased. So another 10.25% could certainly break the back of their uh, bank balances and put them out of business. But I want to ask you today, should everybody get a pay increase of 10.25% or will that break the economy? 
Let me know what you think, by the way. And if you want to come on and just give out about politicians for 10 minutes, you can. The number is 085-100-2255. That's 085-100-2255. Just before I go into the topic, I want to read this message out we got this morning. Good morning, Lal. Love the show. Listen to you every day. I think it's an absolute disgrace that these gangsters in Leinster House are giving themselves another pay rise. Well, they're not just giving themselves a pay rise. They're giving you know, all public sector workers a pay rise. They just happen to be public sector workers. While someone like me gets up at 5 a.m. six days a week to earn 36000 a year and still live at home with my mother at 39 years of age, can't afford to rent or buy a home. By the time I even consider any luxuries, I'd be lucky to have 100 quid left in my pocket each week with the cost of everything in this kip of a country. It's crippling. I'm actually thinking of uh, migrating to give myself a better chance of life of being happy. And to see these corrupt gobshites earning ridiculous amounts of money makes all our lives miserable is absolutely disgusting. Uh, if Niall could read out my comment, I would really appreciate it. It would mean the world to me because I'm sure there are thousands of people out there in the same position as myself. And I think many would feel the same way I do about this government. That comes in from Gary. Gary, thanks for your message. Appreciate it. I read it out for you there now. But first of all, I want to get your opinions, by the way. Should everybody get the rise, or is that a bad idea? The number 085-100-2255. Now, I want to go to Eric Nelligan from Aintu, if I can, first, in Limerick. And Eric, good afternoon to you. How are you doing? Hello, Niall. Uh, I have a feeling I could be asked to defend Joseph Stalin or someone here <laughs> this morning with, with, with that introduction. No, but, here, but here's the thing. I have no objection to, you know, school teachers, nurses, Garda Shea getting a rise. And I think everybody has an objection to politicians getting a rise. But here's the thing. Is it fair on everybody else? Because surely we should all get a rise. But we realistically know that most small businesses couldn't afford that, which is 85% of the businesses yeah. in this country. I, I, I'll be straight up and honest. I have a foot in two camps here. I work as a teacher, so on the public sector pay. But my whole family background is in uh, a small business. So my grandparents, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, we own a number of businesses and they're small, small family businesses. So I, I can see both sides of, of the argument here. Um, the first thing I suppose we need to acknowledge is the facts of the situation. We've had three years of very high inflation. And what we see now from a public sector point of view is the, 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 wages in, the wages they got from 21 to 23 didn't, they were substantially below the rate of inflation. So the rate of inflation was around 16% for that period. Mm -hmm. Public sector pay was around nine percent. So a, a chunk of the current increase that, that announced now is to backdate, is to backdate the losses yes. during oh, no, I understand the inflation years. Yeah. And, 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 and and like everybody, like your 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 comment that you read out from from that man, um, like we are all suffering from food increases well above sixteen percent. Energy, housing, hospitality, rent, mortgages. So everyone. We, we, everything is expensive now. Let's be clear here. It's, it's almost like we've all got a reduction in yeah. our wages over the last 10 years of maybe 20% because we're getting 20% yeah. less value at least. I mean, they talk about the rate of inflation yeah. being just under 10% uh, going back last year. But I think people felt 25% in their pockets because when you went into the forecourt yeah. to fill your car, it was 25% yeah. more expensive. When you paid your electricity bill, it was double what it was the yeah. year before. So I think we all felt 25% coming out of our pockets, not 10%. And do you, know what we're, do you know what I'm finding in the doors when we're out canvassing at the moment? Um, we're being told constantly that Ireland right now is earning a pile of money. Our revenues are skyrocketing. We have surpluses all over the shop. But if you think back to the Celtic Tiger days when we were earning similar uh, revenues and surpluses, 
back in the Celtic Tiger days, you and I and the people listening here, we we felt the money. We, we felt oh, we had it in our pocket. Yeah, we did. We and more. Maybe we spent too much. We did. But right now, is there? I can tell you now, I don't feel like I have massive money in my pocket. I can't speak for you. Are you earning more now, way. Eric? I, well, I suppose from your school teacher job, you would yeah. be. But, I, but are you earning more now than you were, say, in 2005? Oh, I, I'm, earning, I'm earning more now, but I'm paying away more now. So the amount of money in my bank account or the amount of money left over at the end of the week is far, far, is, is far less. And plus, that money doesn't go as far. So if you compare number to number, I'm earning more now. But most people in the private sector are not. Most people in the private sector now are earning... I can tell you, for example, I earn less now than I was earning in 2002 in media. Yeah, and look, that's not the the way it should be. And I suppose one of the key things... One of the key things is what we in A2 try and do. Like, one of our key pillars, it it has to be about fairness. And we have to be able to look at everybody, whether you work in the public sector or the private sector, it needs to be about fairness. And that's what the people now... The people that will contact your show in the next hour and a half or so they don't see the fairness out there. Well, well, here's and how they could make it fair, right? Yeah. If we're, go- if, you know, if the minister is going to throw in, you know, whatever it is, three point two billion into the pot here, okay? Why can't mm-hmm. he throw in some money for the private sector workers too? And the way that we could do that is they would also get their ten percent, or ten ten percent rise, or ten point two five percent rise, but the government subsidise it by reducing employers' PRSI. Yeah, wouldn't That's, that be wouldn't yeah. that be an idea then to balance it out oh, and make everybody would- feel happy? But it's actually going the opposite way. Employer PRSI is increasing. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's it, it's really odd. What we need to do, and um, look, biz, businesses, and you've been talking about this. Businesses are under pressure, and they massive can't pressure. They're closing down every day. Eric, massive pressure. Yeah. Hospitality, restaurants. Uh, you've you've poured on. You've poured on speaking about how how so many businesses in Clarny, like that, the tourist hub of Ireland. There's there's businesses shutting down there. I'll be, I'll be talking so, to Paul Travaux about that a little bit later on. Yeah, but absolutely, yeah. I've seen them closing down constantly, it, particularly restaurants and bars. Is. Yeah. So, so what we so so look, there has to be an element. There has to be an ability to pay factor in it. So we need to be like businesses shouldn't be. No one should be compelled to giving increases. Well, we did that so before, Eric. It did. Be, we back yeah, in the nineteen eighties. What was it? Was it the nineteen eighties? The national pay scale or agreement or whatever it was called at the time, the national wage agreement, wasn't that what it was called or something like that? And and basically everybody's wages went up. You won't be not as old as me, Eric. Everybody's wages went up with the cost of living. So employers were compelled every year, you know, to increase wages by one or two percent or whatever it was at the time the the rate of inflation was. I suppose what 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 we can see here is if like into are fully supportive of middle income and low income people getting the pay increase. But what is fundamentally unfair and wrong is people that are in six figures and above that they should not be getting the same percentage. And I don't mean even by a small percent or so, like having the higher the higher levels of the civil service getting at whatever a similar nine or ten percent as the middle to lower rankings, that's not fair. And that's what society needs to be seen to be fair. So you mentioned in your introduction like our, our leader, Pater Tobin, he will get the pay increase. He will be compelled to take it. His pay pack will go up. But he has committed to donating every single portion of his pay increase to local charities. Mm-hmm. And during COVID lockdown, uh, um, during COVID lockdown, A2 put, A2 put forward a bill that no other particular party backed, I'll have you say, that during the lockdown, when we were shutting down businesses, when we were making people stay in their homes, that TD's pay packet should be uh, reduced by 25% during COVID lockdown. And not one single political party backed that. So what we're seeing here, and the perception is out there, and this is what's wrong, is it's seeing that there are certain people in society, whether you're in the NGO sector 
or the high level civil service or maybe related to politicians or whatever, you're pulling away and you're letting normal people behind. Yeah, one, one rule. Feeding, well, that's what people say. One rule for them, that's one rule for us. Yeah. And that's feeding the discontent. That's feeding the discontent I got in the door last weekend. I was in a working class estate last weekend. And the shock I got in the door, because prior to that, I'd done a couple of canvassing in more middle class or upper class areas. So last weekend, I was in the working class one. And the shock I got in the door with the anger that was there for the government and also some of the main opposition parties, I hadn't come across that before. And I've been in politics since then too, was formed now four years. And I haven't come across. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some politicians out there. I feel work hard and deserve the money. And and look, being in the political world, obviously, you do get a good salary. There's no doubt about that. I'm not begrudging yeah. people a good salary. But in saying that, there are politicians out there. The vast majority of the main political parties that people believe are just not listening to them or representing at the moment. And of course, in the next general election, we'll find out how that goes. Um, and they don't believe they deserve the money they're getting. Never mind a rise. So uh, that's one issue today. But I think the other issue is yeah. that the private sector now feel like they're going to, they're being left behind. Unless, of course, you're working for the big multinational tech companies who pay well anyway. But they feel like they're being yeah. left behind. You know, the people who work in, in the Lidl's and the Aldi's and and the you know the restaurants and the hotels and everywhere else. Yeah, and they're on yeah, they, yeah somewhere between thirty six and forty two thousand euro. They believe they're being left yeah. behind. Then for they yourself, are being left behind. yeah, yeah, they are and. And things are, it has gotten, like, the, the profit margins for the, like, I, the profit margins for the businesses are so tight that a downturn in business, a downturn of a couple of months in business can put some of them out. Absolutely. And I think what we're seeing, now, and I'm, I'm sure now your later commentators will come to this, um, government warehouse debt that was built up during COVID, and now that's looking to be repaid. So the uh, warehouse debt that had been there for small and medium oh, businesses. I think they'll be singing what, what, for that, to be honest with you. And <laughs> exactly. And, and that's literally closing businesses because they know that if they have to pay ten or 12,000 of debt that they accrued during lockdown, during compulsory lockdown, they, they can't do that. Well, that that's so, a whole other show. And, and I believe the government and the Revenue yeah. Commission should be extending that for another two years. Um, I, I, oh, I, or, or, to be honest 100%. with you, at this point, I believe it should be abolished because it, you know businesses struggle to stay open during that period. It should be yeah. assessed, obviously, the, individually, but it should the, be abolished. Yeah, the, like the minimum wage increase there not so long ago, and a number of businesses have spoken about how hard it is. Like if you're selling coffee or if you're selling burgers or whatever you're selling in your in your restaurant or your shop, you need to submit. You need to sell significantly more to, to make up for that increase. Yeah. So it, it, it's a tough. It's a tough balance. And okay, so Eric, do you agree with the increase balance. or not? Based on well, the fact that we're not going to give it to the private sector, so you know, I, I, I'm of the firm belief that if you're going to throw out 3.2 billion or 3.6 billion, should I say, you know, to give public yeah. sector workers an increase of 10 percent, because we believe it's the logical thing to do, because everybody is suffering, you know, with the rate of inflation at 10 percent, well, then surely we should be encouraging private businesses to do the same. And the only way to do that, because we know they go under if we if we just force them to do it without any help or assistance is to somehow subsidise it. And I mentioned already you could reduce employers' PRSI, whatever way you could do it. But that money has to be thrown at the private sector too. We just ignore the private sector constantly all the time. Yeah, no, we do. So look, to go back to your initial question, is the 10% or 10.25% justified for public sector? I would say it is for the vast majority. We have a shortage. It's, it, it's almost impossible to get teachers now, guards, nurses, and so on. I so there understand. is a key shortage. There's, there's a key, and especially amongst uh, graduates, third-level graduates, at um, third level graduates at the moment are choosing the private sector, especially in the tech sector and high end engineering and business like that, because that's where there is. Where we're caught, though, and we have to acknowledge this, is we are caught on the small and medium businesses, people that, like you said, work in the little or the alleys, people that work in your local coffee shop or your local clothes shop. They're the people that are suffering the most, and the government needs to do something for them. So the government either needs to reduce employer PRSI, 
definitely wig, uh, that debt that was warehoused needs to be extended for at least two more years, and it probably needs to let inflation eat it out. We need to do something to support multinationals. If you look at the newspapers every day, there's all this talk about another big tech company opening or coming here, and all the ministers are there getting their photo taken. There is, there is nothing about helping the small corner shop or the little business that employs 20 or 30 or 40 people. They are almost being ignored. There are no grants for them. There's grants for big multinationals to set up. There is no grants or there is little support for small people. Okay. And that's what, that, unfortunately, that's where I think politics has, has left those people behind. Oh, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. Eric Nelligan, ancient representative for Castle Troy, Anacotti and Limerick. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, let me go to Bernie. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, I have to go to Stephen first. Bernie, I'll come to you straight after. Stephen's been waiting just a little bit longer, um, I think. Um, Stephen, hi. In and around the same length of time, to be honest with you. Sorry, Stephen, yeah, go ahead. You're grand. Uh, again, I, I find this a wee bit ludicrous. I agree that um, um, public health, if you're a frontline if you're a low-paid civil servant working with the guards, guards, um, nurses, doctors, they should get that. They really should. But I do not see how somebody earning 120 grand deserves to get 10%, mm-hmm. 2%. In no way. When I again, I just look looking in from the outside. It looks to me like a bribe. If we give them this they're likely to vote to keep us in power. That's just the way, and I think that's, uh, it could be a history from the formation of the state, because Ireland has got a civil service that is way beyond the number of people it actually has um, at the minute. I would have even with um, immigration Yeah, per head of population, we have a lot of people working in the public sector in this country, per head of population. Mind you, not as much as Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland has, I think, the highest amount of civil service in Europe, (laughs) per head of population. That that is definitely very, very true, because I live there and... um, I I would have never guessed, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) But again, again, they underpaid their nurses. PSNI, and they're really struggling to get them. And mm. everybody's saying, let's go to the private um, private sector. Yeah, The private hospitals are in as deep a tr- in trouble as the public hospitals. They can't get people. Well, I, I was only looking this morning, actually. The, the, the VHI have announced this morning. I'm just looking at the article here. Hang on. VHI have announced this morning that they're increasing their costs for their 510,000 customers. And they're increasing it by uh, the plans will go up by an average of seven percent from March the first. That's the, by the way. That's they've already had two two hikes this year, I believe already. Mm-hmm. Well, they're actually doing that in response to um, the costs for going to a private hospital or even a private ward in an mm-hmm. HSC hospital. It's going to go up. Well, so with, well, listen, this is the point I'm making. Everything is getting more expensive. So if the government yeah, are willing well, to throw three point six billion into a pot to give public sector workers an extra 10%, which is a decent rise over the next couple of years, right? Surely we all deserve that decent rise as well because private employers are not just going to voluntarily give it to us. So surely the government should turn around and say, okay, let's make it compulsory, but we'll subsidise it. We'll throw the same amount of money into the private sector as well and we'll subsidise it. Well, I absolutely agree. We are actually so reliant on high tech, but I've just um, been looking at uh, news and stuff like that. Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, Google, Google, and Stripe have all um, lost jobs in Ireland. 
mm-hmm. um, in the last 18 months. I think 600 jobs went in Cork pre-Christmas. These jobs are not being replaced. So, you Well, know, they will in time. What, what's happened with the tech companies is they employed a huge amount of people during COVID oh, yeah. because online businesses became so popular. They didn't really need all those staff. It was kind of a bit of a false economy for the tech companies. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of obvious that was going to happen after COVID. Now, I know people who work in tech and they're telling me that all the redundancies are probably finished now and probably next year they'll start hiring again. So, yeah. But will we have those people with high tech qualifications? Mm, That's the so. other problem. Yeah. People are definitely going out of the country. Young people. Yeah, well, you know, well, we, well, the reason young people are leaving the country is because they can't afford to live in it. And, yeah. and that's oh, sad. Absolutely. And if we spent the money in this country that we spend on other things, I won't get into the nitty gritty of it today. Like we've, oh, absolutely. <laughs> we've just set aside another 4.4 billion for immigration in this country. Mm. If we set that aside for housing, for young people to subsidize housing, I think we could keep a lot of people in the country. Uh, oh, I would totally agree. We have actually, um, in the last budget, they took out um, new cancer drugs mm. for cancer patients. Why? Is it that the old people aren't worth saving? Because that 4,000 4, or 5,000 that are likely to die this year because they didn't get the drug, that probably is going, that pot money is probably going into another pot. Yeah. You know, it's not open government. They say, oh, we're very open. I can't see anything open at all about this government. No, no, they're, they're, they're like the vanishing government. Uh, Stephen, if you want to stay there for a second, you can. Hold on a second, because I've got to go to quick break and then I've got to go to Bernie. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast, the Niall Boylan Podcast. All right, let me go to Bernie. Bernie, hi, how are you? I'm fine, Niall, how are you? Good, Bernie. Now, politic- look, I, I don't even have to ask people, do politicians deserve a rise? I think we all agree they don't. No, they, uh, stop. Look at the pouring money into them. They have done nothing, only ruin us. They've destroyed the country mm-hmm. on the salaries they currently have. And they've done nothing to benefit this country. We have a waiting list. The people are waiting here in, in, in the west of Ireland. There's the highest waiting list here for nearly five years. Some of them are dead by the time they get to be seen in a hospital appointment. Like, how much more do they need to see? You know, young people trying to struggle here to get... No one can get a mortgage now under the age of 30. They can't afford it. Like, stop wasting our money. That's our money you're wasting on this rubbish. And deal with the problems that are really, really front and centre at the moment. See... Deal with the problems that are there. Deal with the people who are on waiting list. Deal with the initiatives. There's enough money been poured in. I've worked as a nurse in 76. And I'm telling you... We managed on very little and did a lot better than what's going at the moment. Well, here's the thing, Bernie. I do agree that doctors, nurses, um, and all these people essentially are on, they're not on enough money. I do agree that they're not on enough money. So what are we going but to do about that? But we can't do any more. Look at now, we haven't, look, our children, our grandchildren, and our great grandchildren are going to be paying for the mistakes this government as it is. And I don't want to inflict any more going down the generations to them. We need to fix and stop looking at these lads and giving them more money. They're not doing the job. Get rid of them. 
and start afresh and say, right, this is going to be a hard next four years, but we're going to get this country back on track. We have no public infrastructure. We have violence everywhere. People are terrified. Banks are being, we're being, when banks can't help us anymore, they've turned the blind eye. There's nothing working. You go anywhere, the show, nothing is working. You see everywhere is, is falling on its feet. Am I the only person going around with, am I blind or something? Am I going around with the wrong vision? I don't know. Mm. But I can see the country as it really is. And pouring more and more money is not, is not doing it. It's not making any difference. Like, there is still people waiting. And, and, and I, I agree with everything you said. But, be, you know, people are suffering as well because they can't afford to live in the country that they're living in. I mean, you've got energy bills to the ceiling. You've got a cost of living crisis in general. You've got inflation at over 10%. Realistically, in people's pockets over 25%, probably. You know, people can't pay their bills anymore. And yet they're earning the same money they were earning before, but they just can't pay their bills. They have less money in their pocket. So the only way out of that is you have to increase wages. We've always done that. We've always increased wages as we go along. I, I don't, you know, I don't begrudge the Garda Shea an extra five grand a year or the nurses an extra five grand a year. I begrudge the government, by the way, extra money. I wouldn't like to see Leo Varadkar or any of them get an extra bean, right? But I do believe that people should be getting it. But if they're going to get it, you have to give the rest of the population it as well. Like you take the pair of people who are doing our fantastic crash care, the girls in the creches are getting basic enough. They are minding the most precious people. We are trusting them with the most precious bundles of our lives to go out to work for this government and it's not bloody working. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry, but it makes me so frustrated when I see parents hiding babies of a year old and having to run out to work to meet all the requirements to live in this country. It's, we stop. We're doing it wrong. Please listen. We're doing it wrong. It's all wrong. Giving more money to this. Like the children's hospitals, the waste of space up there. It's, you know, there's oh, one project that yeah. kills, kills dead in the water. The RTE, close it down. They've got, I can't believe the... Oh, we, we, spent an, we spent an hour and a half talking about that yesterday, yeah. And yeah. That, that's a joke. You know, I mean, yeah, but I mean, look at the most precious people on the planet, our babies and our future. And they've been thrown, our government want all their parents and giving them no rights at all. They have to go out to work. They won't get a mortgage. The banks are so wealthy, they don't even care that the parents are, you know, have to leave a child and go. They have no options anymore. They have no options to live in this country. So stop well, well, we, we've, big, we've a big problem in this country at the moment. I don't want to get too deep into the conversation about, you know, the birth rate. But our birth rate is now down below population replacement rate. The population replacement rate, I think, is 2.3. The birth rate is 1.7. For the first time, we're below the replacement level. So more people are dying than are being born. And the reason for that is, you're right, Bernie, we're not supporting young couples to have children anymore. We're not financially supporting them. We're forcing them out to work so they can't afford childcare, of course, and they can't afford to look after their children anymore. And we need to reverse that. Otherwise, we're going to have a serious problem in about 20 years' time with an ageing yeah, population. And Exactly. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm in the ageing population. I'm not going to lie to you. But I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm paying €1,600 Euro a year to keep myself on the private health care. And even with that, I'm still waiting. But that's gone up. That's I just mentioned that's gone up this morning. I don't know who you're with. VHI? Yeah. Is it VHI? No, I'm with the other crowd, the layer lads. Oh, the layer lads. Like, They're probably gone up too. They're probably going to go up. But anyway, because VHI yeah. have just announced another increase. There's the third increase in a year. It's going up again on the 1st of March. <laughs> You can see where people are going. Can you see where people are so, they're so free? I have people near, near me and they're in their 70s and 80s and they're all clinging to the VHI, thinking it's going to make a difference. But realistically, it's not. Mm. 
know, yeah. and, and they're not getting any better or any benefit. They're not getting any, you know, they're getting surgeries. But they're sent home nearly the next day and there's no follow-up care because they're private hospital and they're moved on and the consultant's been paid. It's, it's, it's a whole mess, Lyle. I, I just get so disillusioned. Mm. I mean, I don't know where we went wrong. Somewhere on the roadmap, we went very wrong. And as a result, our nation is suffering. And it is suffering from the grassroots up. And even people who are, are living in, you know, in, in the scene, so I don't know how people can, you know, like watch Bungalow Bliss. And these are holiday homes they're doing up. When people can't even get in one home. Yeah. And there's here, there are boasting on RT about, oh, look at these ho- weekend holiday homes. We can do them up now. There was a, it was a, a tatty owl cottage. Yeah. And look, we're able to buy it because we're so wealthy. Like, why is there such a divide? Why can't... There's a massive divide. I, I watch these people on television and they go, okay, our budget is 300,000. I go, where are you getting 300,000? <laughs> I, I, I haven't got 3,000. Do I have 300,000? They're making us buy all these new cars. Forty-seven thousand for a car. Jesus Christ! Who has that kind of money? Eamon Ryan. Like, like even second-hand car, you're brought into the credit union hoping they'll give you something that will. I don't know. A car, a car nowadays is like a mortgage. I, I mean, yeah, I was looking at because my own car probably needs to be replaced soon, right? And I'm looking around, and to get you know anything that's kind of no more than say four years old, hopefully, you know, you're looking at about four hundred and fifty-five hundred a month. Exactly. No, and that, that's unreal. And, that, and why are you giving the government who already minted, why are you giving them an extra ad because they know they deserve it? Like, you have to make do and mend. Repair what's broken first. Before you start paying yourselves and tapping yourself on the back, fix the bottom. Fix us. Okay, mm-hmm. stay, well, stay there for a second, Bernie. Well said. Let me just go to Dave. Dave, hi, how are you? That's the crack. It says on my screen, Dave's piss is boiling. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the phrase is "it's boiling my piss." Yeah, okay, actually. well, yeah, well, um, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I suppose I have to try to make more coherent um, argument than just call them motherfuckers or charlatans or. Well, you can do that. Well, well, you can do all that as well bastards. if you want to. But in yeah, saying, but in saying um, that, that's not gonna that's not gonna solve the problem. And by the way, no, but it, that, it, it but does it, it does kind of put along how most of us feel. I mean. I, I when I saw like you know the the price tag of three point six billion, my stomach actually did a backflip. Like my yeah, but that's like, for doctors was, and nurses and everybody else as well too. You know what I mean? No, it is. And look, nobody's going to disagree. Doctors, nurses, they, like there are civil servants out there that do actually get paid sweet piss all. You know what I mean? They all deserve it. There should be politicians and their hangers on should be in a completely different bracket to them. But then again. They're just playing politics with our tax money because they're like, shit, there's an election on the horizon. We've fucked up big the last couple of years. We're barely going to get in by the skin of our teeth. We might have to do a bit of jiggery-pokery like we did the last election. So what are we going to do? We'll give a lot of people a decent pay rise over the next two years, and that should solidify our base, and hopefully we'll get in by the skin of our teeth. Yeah, for, I so, mean, so we give the 400,000 public servants a rise of 10%. They'll be delighted. They'll vote yeah, for us again. Like, like, I mean, Anybody with the most cursory knowledge of how politics in this country works can tell that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, they, they do it every single time there's an election. They throw a few crumbs out to the plebs. I mean, no, I mean, to be fair, Leo probably could do it because his mortgage is what? Like, got of a million euros? So that poor crater <laughs> could probably do it a few pounds. I, I mean, poor old Eamon. I mean, yeah. like, uh, how much money is he spending flying off to Singapore and Dubai and buying electric cars and paying people to drive his bicycles all around the country for him. 
Now he he's denied that people are driving his bicycles all over the country, by the way. Can I just point out? Yeah. Mm, but yeah. Did you smell that, Niall? What's that smell like? Oh, it smells like bullshit to me. Yeah. Um, no, but it is. It's sickening. No, but it, I mean, like, uh, like, there's so many things in this country we could, the money could be better spent on. I mean, for example, child mental health services. My young fella has been waiting. He's got an appointment tomorrow, but he's been waiting nine months because the service is so underfunded and so understaffed. Because, first of all, the HSE is such a hostile work environment. A lot of the people that we need, the good people, not the dregs that are left, because... They're all, you know, little arse kisses and brown noses uh, are pissing off to the private sector because the money is better, the hours are better, and it's a better work environment. We have children with special needs who had their services cut to the absolute last during the last recession that still haven't had them uh, replaced. And they have more services cut since COVID. Um, we have pensioners who could do with an extra few pounds. We have schools. We need more schools. We need more SNAs. We need to build more houses. And these pieces of shit are like, Ah, but lads, I think we all deserve a pay rise. Like, I don't care. We are, we, are, we are one of the wealthiest nations that has ever existed in the entirety of recorded human civilization, okay? And if things were running right, I'd say, you know what, lads? Pay them a million euro a year because they're doing such a good job. I mean, we have more politicians per head of population than probably any other country in Europe, and maybe even the world. And now they're talking about, oh, well, because the population's gotten a bit bigger, and um, we need more politicians. And it's not just your politician, it's your politician. It's their expense account. It's their hangers on. It's probably their family members that they're hiring. I mean, all the, all the local councillors as well. And you have to add all, all those. All the local councillors. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, so it's not them. It's probably them plus 20 or 30 other people. I, it's disgusting. It is absolute. And it just goes to show the disconnect. And I mean, there's honestly, there's nothing we can do unless we get like, a serious political change. I mean, to be fair to the people in Iceland, during the last recession, they ripped up their constitution, they jailed the bankers, and they wrote a new constitution. We can't do that here because there's a vested interest because these people aren't going to say, well, we're going to change the political system because they're just, you know, biting the hand that feeds them. But, you know, how, but how do you, but here's the thing, how do you change the political system? And I'll ask both of you and Bernie this, how do you change the political system? Because realistically, we've only got one way of doing things. Uh, we've only got yeah, whatever political parties exist at the moment. And most of those, with the exception of the smaller parties, all just agree with each other. So realistically, when the next general election comes, you've got Labour, Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, and the Green Party, who all think the same way. Labour, who are they? Ah, uh, they were a party from way back in the 1980s. Once upon a time, yeah. yeah. Um, it, honestly, burn it all down, m metaphorically speaking, of course. But yeah, but who's, like, going, to, yeah, but who's means, going to replace it? This is the point I'm trying to make. Who's going to replace that system? We see, mean, we see, this is the problem. It should be a meritocracy. It should be, right, you want a job, you show me. It's, a, it's like you or I or Bernie going in for a job interview, right? You tell us why you should be elected, you know, why you should get the job, right? Show us. Don't just say, I can do X, Y, and Z. Show us. I mean, I can't remember who it was, Michael Newman or one of them, after a general election, someone said, you made all these promises and you never kept them. And like with this smarmy fucking look on his face, he said, oh, but you kind of just say these things during election Yeah, time. sure, you know politicians so lie, do, that's right, yeah. The, 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 the next time there's a general election, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have a little sign on my, uh, uh, the window on my porch, and it's going to say, and I'm going to treat it like a job interview. I'm going to have a list of questions and I'm going to ask them, and just yes or no, or give me your own opinion. I'm not going to give any feedback at all, but I'm going to record them. And I'm going to say, you know, this is going to be put on social media. It's not going to be edited. 
I'll put it just completely wrong on social media. And then I'm going to have a little bit at the end that'll say, if in four years' time you haven't kept up most of your promises, will you resign and let somebody else take over? And I just want to see how many people called your door would actually be willing to go through that. So we'll stay, okay, we'll stay there, Dave, for a second. Uh, let me just go to Morris as well, who's quite angry. Morris, hi, how are you? How you doing, Niall? Yeah, I've seen the photograph you put up online there. Well, when I, I just like put I said, a photograph of them all sitting around the cabinet table smiling, yeah. Yeah, and I seen, I, all I've seen was a table full of Judas's that betrayed the people of Ireland. They're in there to make as much money as they can. A minister can retire after five years. I know one politician who's getting 78 grand a year and he left politics 22 years ago. And mm. um, basically, they're financially going to bankrupt us because all they're doing is looking after themselves. Well, 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 in fairness, they are looking after public sector workers now as well with this rise, not just themselves. They just happen to be public sector workers. With, with, with their taxpayers' money, and all these workers were neglected over the years, and that's why half of them left the country. That's why there's no young people in this country anymore. Mm. My grandchildren are growing up in England. I detest this government and what it's doing, and they need to be held responsible. And I think what, what the like of Maliki Stevenson is doing is standing in his local area against the government. Everybody should have a look and see if they can afford to get 300 quid or whatever it is and say, you know what, we're going to stand against you. The people of Ireland need to take this country back. It's only a financial, you know, they're putting their hands on. No, I told you, I'm a proud Irish man. I'm from a military family. I've had family on both sides in the struggle for, for independence in this country. And I will retire in two years and I'm gone. I'm leaving. I cannot stay here because my grandchildren have been stolen from me by reckless governments that abandon the young people of this country. They bring them up, they educate them, and they say, go on off somewhere else and get a job. Go on, abandon the country. And then they're away walking all over the world. And what do they say? Oh, they all ran away because they're greedy and they wanted to make money. Hypocrites, every one of them. Yeah, but see, well, here, but here's the thing. I said to Eric Nelligan last earlier on, I wouldn't mind, yeah. and I understand what Bernie is saying and what Dave is saying, particularly what Bernie was saying mm. about we don't have the money. You know, we far better spend on other yeah. things. And I would agree. But we should have enough money to spend on other things as well. We have plenty of money. There's no shortage exactly. of money. So what I was going to say to you, but in relation to this money, so 3.6 billion is going to be spent on these rises for public sector workers if it's agreed, right? And it will be agreed. Yeah. I'll be sure of that. Um, so, I mean, why can't they do and put the same amount in the kitty for the private sector workers as well? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Look what I'm saying. I, I, I got a pay rise in January, 4%. Last year, I got 3%. So, you know, inflation is running double at that rate. Mm. I have to accept what I'm given by the company I work for. I can't go in and ballarag them and say I want more. Well, see, but Morris, you're lucky. Most itself. people haven't had a pay rise. In so, I know lots yeah. of people who haven't had a pay rise in 10 years since the last recession. Yeah. They haven't had an increase in their wages. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm 43 years now in this job, so I'm at the, I'm, I, I, should be, I should be rewarded for my loyal service oh, yeah. and my work. But yeah. I'll tell you one thing that saddened me over the last two you know the last two storms we've had, Aisha and Braylon or whatever yeah, it was called? Yeah. I watched I watched online the people on the west coast of Ireland whose houses are falling down around them. And it was a horror story putting up what they did, what they suffered through those storms. Young families in houses that are falling apart, right? They won't give them the, the price of putting their houses right. They're holding them to ransom. And what are they after doing? There's 4.5 billion to the, all the foreigners who want to come into the country and we look after them and give them houses. I swear to God, if you could get somebody on from the Donegal area, the horror stories those families put I up know. online. Yeah. Over, I'm Niall, it, it crucified me. It killed me. I'm sitting down in Dublin in my house with my mortgage that I've cleared and those people 
are waiting for their properties to come in on top of them. Now, that's not a government that's looking after its people. Shame on all of them in that government. Shame on them. That's all I'll say. They're a disgrace. And I'll tell you one thing. If Michael Collins was alive today, I know who he'd be going after. The traitors in Leinster House. Thanks, Morris. Appreciate it. Thanks for that. Uh, Dave, Morris has a lot to say there. And, and uh, a, yeah. a wise man. Working class wise man, yeah. and that's the yeah. kind of that's the feeling of a lot of people in Ireland, isn't it? That's the feeling of everybody in Ireland. I mean, you were saying earlier on about um, it's not affordable to have kids, right? Like when we when we first had our young our first young lad fourteen years ago, right? We were living in a we were renting out a brand new build house. The house was only up maybe two or three years. Fabulous house. Um, with a car under our arse, we were able to feed ourselves every week look after our young flat. We had a fairly comfortable standard of living, an active social life. And I think at the time, we'd have a 560 euro coming into the house a week. Mm. Like our rent was 120 euro a week. And yeah. even at that, people were actually telling us, geez, you're paying too much. I'm only paying 80 euros a week. Now, 14 years, that same amount of money would not do a family of three. And I can tell you right now, having a kid 14 oh. years ago uh, compared to today, it is so much more expensive. Like clothes, I mean, right. When do we ever? When do you ever think we'd hear the phrase "Jesus lads, pennies has gone expensive"? <laughs> I know. And that's the I know. Yeah. I, no, I'm joking. But, but, it's, I'm, but, but here's the thing: pennies really hasn't gone expensive, and those things really haven't gone expensive. They've always gone up in price. For the last thirty years, things have gone up in price every single year. That's just the way it is. But, but the problem the wages, is, yeah, but wages, wages have yeah, the wages, yeah, they haven't risen to meet them. But like I was in pennies recently, right? I spent like 140 euros just on clothes and stuff for the kids and bloody blah, but. And I was walking out with one bag of stuff. My job's on the fucking ground. I mean, once upon a time... Did you, you have you had a rise recently, by the way? Just very quickly, because that's good to know. I, cannot re- I can't remember the last time I got a pay rise. Okay. Be dead honest, being dead honest with you. you know. And I, but I mean, it's, it, like, it's disgraceful. Look, I'm not, too, I'm not on the worst money in the world either, so I can complain. Okay, you know, okay but, but like, well, do me a favor. Stay there with me if you want to stay for a second. John, hi, how are you? Me and Niles. Yeah, you, John. Yeah. Yeah, great, great. Okay. Very quickly, because I'm scheduled another 10 callers in the next 20 minutes. But go on, John. What do you want to say? Okay, okay. Um, well, my I have a small pension, a legacy pension. I worked in the public service for 10 years, 40 years ago. And uh, I, I collected the pension at 55. It has increased now by 18% in the last number of years. Uh, because all public servants had the 20% deductions from salary after the 2008 crash uh, deal. Uh, with the uh, yeah, the Lansdowne Agreement, yeah. Yeah, yeah reinstated. So I, I, it's a small pension. I wish it was bigger, but I've gotten 18% in the pocket and I collected it at 55. I now have an old age pension, which is in my pocket as well. And it hasn't gone up a fiver, I don't think, in the last... 10 years, uh, and I, if I was living on that, I'd be down in the poor house uh, begging or begging on the street. Mm. Well, a, now, lot, a lot of people are living on it, John. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. But Okay, um, but to, the, to the point, do you agree with public sector workers getting an increase? And if you do, should everybody get the increase? Uh, well, that's a tricky one now. The, the exchequer uh, has always been an ATM for public servants during the Bertie boom years when money was flying around like confetti. Defined pensions 
are still being collected by those fortunate mm. enough to have lived and retired during those bonanza years. Things have changed a little there now. Mm. But the corporation taxes from the multinationals have always been that, that rich mine for public servants. And those taxes are about to increase actually now, thanks to the new EU-wide minimum corporation tax agreement. So, okay, well, I, I don't have time to go into all of that today, John. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking you a basic question. Do they deserve an increase, oh, public sector workers? Um, do they deserve? Everybody does, because we've okay. arrived at the perfect clusterfuck now. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Even it's two public service yeah. uh, principal officers at the, near the highest grade, married, can barely get a loan from a bank now to pay half a million to the average, uh, to, for the average three-bedroom semi in Dublin. So you're saying to me, if they're going to put 3.6 billion in a pot to give the public sector workers a 10.25% rise, that then the government should encourage or certainly compel private workers or private employers to do the same thing? I'm not saying that, Niall. I think pri- pri- private businesses are being, I won't use a rude Screwed. Word no, screwed, yeah. yeah, is a good word. Yeah, okay. okay. And they're going out of business left, right, and centre. You saw the usual yeah. after Christmas okay. there, and, mm. and it, it was a perfect storm with the with the COVID, with the doubling in the energy prices, everything. Nobody, I don't know how any small business person survives. Uh, neither do I, John. And John, unfortunately, I have to go to loads of colours. So I appreciate your comments. Thank you very much, dude. Got to take a quick break. I, I'll be with uh, Jackie in a second, and I need to go to Paul Travaux as well, restaurant tour from Killarney. The award-winning Niall Boylan podcast, live, live every day, and available for download from all your usual platforms. Right, let me go to Jackie if I can. Jackie, hi, how are you? <laughs> mighty, mighty. Good. So, and Jackie, let, let's, yeah, let's focus on the point in question, which is, yep. okay, politicians are going to get a rise because public sector workers are getting a rise at 10.25% over the next two years. If that's the case, should pub- private sector workers or employers be compelled to also give a rise, maybe subsidised by the government with the same $3.6 billion? I, I, I don't think it should happen. Um, huge divide between the likes of, say, in my sector, self-employed, and that, and, and, and you are taxed to the hilt, and it's, it's nearly like as if they're trying to tax you out of existence. You see all the restaurants are closing down. Uh, the, the hotels are just being, I don't know, what really is happening there? Because you, you see so many hotels as in closing, but taking on the whole Ukraine. Yeah. Well, there's a kind of um, bit of a false economy with the hotels at the moment. Some of them charge yeah. three times what they normally charge the government to rent out the rooms, and I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but there, but there's there's just a huge gap starting here. Like if if you look at at um, Robert Watt, two hundred ninety four thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of Drew Harris, two hundred and fifty thousand. Your normal TD, whatever, one hundred eight thousand. I mean, <clears throat> it's a different level. They're a, they're in a different world to what normal people so are they are they uh, disconnected uh, from the general public they've no idea what we're going through yeah no they have no idea because they you know they i think people laugh some of these guys laugh at saying oh you know where people are deciding will i pay 
the ESP bed or will I get the oil or whatever? And they're kind of saying, ah, you know, they're only kind of, yeah. or will I do, will I get uh, extra shopping? Will I, will I be able to afford whatever? Well, can I have a roast dinner uh, on a Sunday? Yeah. 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 Will I be able to go out on a, on a night? And people, there's certain people laughing at that going, ah, that's, that's not real. But it is real. And, and that's, you know, to do this, what does this look like? What kind of a message is being sent out again? Mm-hmm. To the normal people, to the to us, to to the the guys that are out working every day and every night, and girls that are out working. Like, and you look at the nurses, and you look at the guards, and you say, you know, the most important part or sector in 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 the country, and and underpaid. Well, 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 the whole idea is that, the, the, you know, the guard will get an extra five grand maybe, you know, and a staff nurse, for example, you know, on the fifth incremental point will also get an extra five grand out of this. So they're going yeah, to, they, they'll, they'll see be, the increases as well. Yeah, but then they will, on the other side, will get taxed. They will be, oh, they'll yeah. end up, how much will they end up of that five grand? No, you're right, because they're going to head into the, probably the 41 cent in the euro tax bracket. So, yeah. And, and, that forty, that forty thousand, that threshold should have been increased a, a lot more in line with what's happening in the north or, or that or in other countries. We we're at such a low level when it comes to the VAT threshold, mm-hmm. when it comes to your income tax. I mean, it's it's keeping. Yeah, but the the, but I've, I've said this for years. The VAT threshold is way too low, way too low. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's keeping people, a certain amount of people in poverty. You know, when I say poverty in a, in, in a sense that they can mm. get by and all that, but you try put two or three kids into university or whatever, or, or try and, and, and rent someplace, you know, if you have to yeah. go to Dublin or Galway or Cork and that you're working and try and rent someplace, you can't afford to. Okay, thank you for that, Jackie. I appreciate it. Sorry, I have so many people to get through. Paul Travaux, restaurateur, celebrity chef. How are you, Paul? Hi, how are you, sir? Good, nice to talk to you, by the way. Everybody loved your podcast before Christmas, by the way, on how to cook the turkey. Uh, loads of people are suing us because they burnt their turkeys. Now I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you yeah. what, the, there'll be turkeys burning in Dal Aaron this evening. Um, I tell you, there's a lot of angry people. There's a lot of angry people. I think I think what's really important here, Niall, is that we're, we're missing the crux of the problem, in my opinion. In order to solve a problem, you've got to find what the actual problem is. So when you say, do nurses, do guards, do the public service, do teachers, does anybody deserve to be getting more? The answer is everybody deserves to be doing better. However, why, do we have, why are we finding ourselves in this position? The reason why we are is because we wrongfully shut down a country for two, three years, a, world, a global economy, which pushed the, the cost of doing business, the cost of living, everything through the absolute roof. We have a, an energy regulator in this country that doesn't seem to be doing anything, where energy companies are making record profits, which means you, me, everybody listening is paying way above and beyond what they should be paying. We have a weak feeble government who are afraid to take on the real people and ultimately who gains and Jackie touched on it perfectly there earlier on when he said the tax so when all money goes up and think about this when everybody's wages go up revenue are making money cost of inflation goes up which drives the interest rates up which means banks are making money which means there's more money to give NGOs who are I know the the, the five grand increase is not really costing the government five grand it's only costing them about two and a half because they get half it back in tax anyway 
hundred percent. So now they've got money in their coffers to do what they want to do. But it looks good. The optics have given them five grand. Looks good. A hundred, a hundred percent. Because we are arguing with the wrong people. So when people hear me turning around saying minimum wage going up in the private sector is insane because it's going to shut down businesses, people are going, "Ah, your man doesn't want to pay your staff." I'll pay my staff fifty quid an hour. But you must understand the consequences of that. It's a hundred quid for a breast of chicken. So it doesn't matter what we pay the people because think about this: we are probably the only nation on the planet, and it adds up because when we look at who we have in Leinster House, who is whacking up the cost of doing business to try and curb inflation. Mm-hmm. So if prices go up, and when you think about this, think about Section 23 properties that were there that were given for tax exemption for people who wanted to buy three, four, five properties they could write all the revenue off. If that tax break was worth, we'll say for argument's sake, 50,000 euro per house, what did the builder do? He increased the value of the house by 50,000 euro. So you didn't actually guess your 50 grand. You might have got your tax break as time went on, all right, yeah. but you actually paid for it up front. So what are we doing by increasing wages? Well, we're just, obviously, everything has to go up to compensate it because I have to put my wages up. Let's put it on the flip side of the government. What does the government have to do in two, three, four years' time, or as I think probably in two, three, six months' time, when everything crashes and goes to absolute muck? Well, then they're going to have to change the whole tax brackets, and everybody's going to just pay more tax. So even though we think we're getting more money, we're not. But the wrong people are making the money and we're so, arguing with the other side. Okay, so your law. argument is instead of giving more money to people, let's reduce the cost of living. In other words, bring Absolutely. everything back down again. Tackle the real problems. Tackle the energy crisis. Tackle the cost of living crisis. You know, 100%. tackle the problems that we have with housing that people can't afford to have a house in this country. A hundred percent. That is the issue. The more we put stuff up, they always say what goes up must come down, except for life because it just continuously goes up. And if it continuously goes up, the costs go up, everything goes up. And we have done this since day one, and we have never been in a better position. I mean, so we, we, we've the a huge problem. The, t- the two biggest issues going into the next election are going to be cost of living and immigration, both of which affect you, know affect funny, you directly, by the way. Do you know what the funny thing is, Niall? And this is why I love social media, and this is why I love channels like yourself where you can say anything, even if you want to X, Y, Z, expletive, you see, belt away. What we were told, don't forget, we were told three, six months ago, and I'll name them, Aidan O'Reardon, we had Pascal Donoghue, we had multiple politicians who said, but we're going around to the people, and immigration is actually nothing to, it's not even yeah, They said it's not radar. coming on the doorsteps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the entire country is talking about immigration. Well, then now, now, the entire country is not. I'll tell you who's not talking about immigration. The people in Leinster House. They're the ones not talking well, about it. Everybody else is. Exactly. Exactly. Because they know damn well that it is a major issue. So why has the property prices gone through the roof? Why has rental income gone through? It's basically supply and demand. So we have given so many properties... And you can say whether it's right or wrong, that's not, we'll have another conversation on that. To so many immigrants that have come into the country, that means that the people, so Killarney, for example, a waiter can't get in a, uh, anywhere to stay for next season. Can't. There's nowhere to rent. So therefore, what does that mean? Well, then, now we've put ourselves under, under serious pressure for having staff, which means what? Which means you've got to pay the guys we have more, which means what? That means my prices go up, which means what? We've done nothing to curb inflation. So what they are doing is so fundamentally wrong, it's incredible. But why? Because the people who are lobbying, the people who want the money, they're the ones who do this. Bernie Sanders very famously once said, I've said it to you before, when that the big multis came into American president and said, listen, we're not paying tax again next, next year. The president turns around and says, where are we going to get the money from? Increase the minimum wage. The tax will cover what we're supposed to pay, but we're not paying it. That's yeah. the world we're living. Paul, listen, thank you very much indeed. Paul Travaux, um, restaurateur in Killarney. Let me go to Albert. Sorry for keeping you waiting so long, Albert. I do apologise. 
no problem, Niall. Albert, well, look, yeah, every, everybody right. needs to get in line. But I says you, you've got a civil service union that is probably the strongest union in Ireland and a very weak government. What do you expect to happen? They're just going to screw the government over. And the government can't say anything because we've got a, a budgetary surplus. So they're just going to throw money at it. And I think someone made a very good point earlier on there. They're just trying to buy the next election by throwing money at it. Well, well, I think Paul said, kind of summed it up as well there. It's optics. It looks good to say mm. we're giving a guard five grand, we're giving a nurse five grand, whatever it is that they're getting extra over the next two years. But realistically, they're not getting that. They're only getting two and a half because half is going to go back to the government in tax. So the government know it's only going to cost them half of that amount of money, realistically. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I mean, the other thing that like nobody takes into account is like, they get good holidays, they get paid sick pay, there's allowances, flexi times, they have security of tenure. There's no accountability in, this, in the civil service or public service. They are, have you seen anybody being sacked? Seen no. any, and if they do do something drastically wrong, they're moved sideways. They're oh, no, 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 I mean, no, it is technically still a job for life. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it is a job. If you, like, if you want to sit in your hole and do practically nothing, you're not going to get fired. Yeah, I mean, look, 30, 40 years ago, there was a discrepancy between what a civil servant earned and somebody in the private sector earned. And the reason for that was because the guy in the private sector had to pay for his own pension, whereas the guy in the civil service got a, got a yeah, massive pension. Yeah, they got pension. the perks, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for me to get a pension that, 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 that a civil servant will come out with, I want to have about 100, what, no, about 1.5 million in mm-hmm. a pension pot. So, I mean, like, when people think about that, and I mean, really think about it, you know, you actually see that, you know, the, the best thing, if people ever thought of it, is where they should have been, is in the bloody civil service. And actually, with 400,000 people in the civil service, it, um, it's getting to be the case that, that you know, that it's, it is the biggest employer in, in the land. But where the hell are all the taxes going to come if the corporation tax takes a nosedive? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Look, by, by the way, we, we completely rely on multinational companies in this country. Because we're Absolutely, such a small, yeah. such a small economy, and they pay, you know, the lion's share of most of the tax in this country. In this country, so realistically, yeah. we completely rely on them. If they all move out tomorrow, we're doomed. Yeah, I mean, I think like we we've got to give the government the bloody nose at the next election. The problem is, but is yeah, but yeah no everybody opinion. everybody says that. But how are you going to do that? The yeah. only way to do that is vote for smaller parties or independents. Well, okay, look, you can't vote for independence because an independence could not rule this country. No. And if you vote for Sinn Féin with our Robin Hood economics, because um, I've done economics... Ah, look, Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin have lost the four points they gained, you know, they, they're, they're, yeah. according to the polls. And the reason is quite simple, because the working class people wanted Sinn Féin to be a, a choice, a different choice, rather than the same yeah. old, same old. And now they've turned their back on the working class people, as far as I'm concerned. The working class people asked them to fight their corner when it came to, you know, things like whether you agree with it or not, Eastwall, Rings End, all the protests that were out there. And the Sinn Féin politicians in the areas turned their back on them. And that's the way they look yeah. at it. That's why they've lost popularity. Because they're all ignoring yeah. the fact that immigration is a problem. No matter what your opinion happens to be, it's a problem. It's a reckless policy. The politicians immigration are all ignoring is, it. Is a problem. But look, of course I, it is. I mentioned it on one, on one of the other shows. If we get a million people in here, they will want a thousand uh, centres that house a thousand people all mm. over the country in order to house these people. Like, where is this going to come from? The, the couple that they're going to build will be filled up within a couple of weeks. And, and let's be honest, they haven't laid one brick yet. Yep, no, I know. Well, well, they said they were going to announce in June where these centres, reception centres, are going to be built. I think they'll probably be waiting until after the local elections, just in case people get yeah. pissed off. Yeah. Albert, look, I, 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 don't, I don't blame the civil servants for, for taking the money because, let's be honest, when you've got a union that's on, that's on your side and a weak government, what else is going to happen?
Yeah, but I agree. Thanks very much indeed. And I agree with also what Paul says. I think Paul is probably right on the money today that the problem is not the money we're getting. It's the problem is the cost of living in this country. That has to be sorted out. Let me go to Breed if I can. Breed, hi, how are you? Madeline and Peter, I'll be with you in a second. Go ahead. Uh, Breed. Well, I'm no problem with the actual workers in, in, in the public sector getting a pay rise, you know, because, you know, every, we're all hoping to get it. We got a pay rise. We were blessed. Um, but, you know, it's still not enough to cover the rise in inflation, the cost of electricity, the cost of gas and everything else. But the politicians should absolutely 100 percent take themselves out of that pay rise. They can't. They, have, they did this before. We, they, we've talked about it. they're actually legally not allowed. So they have to accept it. Right. But Aintu, for example, Pat Tobin said he's given the increase to charity. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. So, like, I mean, there's ways they can they, they can deviate that they're not taking this money. Give it, give it to somebody that needs it in some shape or form. Put it into St. Vincent de Paul. Put it into, you know, um, the, the the charity for the blind. Do something. But they, like they yeah. But see, they, they, but they're all greedy, Brida. Even as as Andrew mentioned earlier on, even, even during COVID. They, they tried to have a vote in the doll. They want to have a vote that politicians should take a 25% pay cut or a 15% pay cut, whatever it was. And they wouldn't they vote for it. No, no. I mean, I was on, I earned, I was, I was reduced to 30% pay during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, it, it, was a, it was a struggle, let me tell you. A huge struggle to be on such, thank God it was, it was during the summer when, when, when we were down that low. Um, but no, I mean, I can't wait for them now to come to the door because it, that's the two things, emigration and pay rises. Like, you know. But, I, but do you think Paul has a point earlier on when he said, what's the point in giving people pay rises when realistically all that's going to happen is half the money goes back to the government in tax yeah. and then it's going to push the cost of inflation up even higher because, of course, you know, businesses will have to pay people more money, et cetera, et cetera. So realistically, it's not really going to help. So what we really need to do is tackle the problem we have, which is the cost of living in the country. A hundred percent. And as somebody said earlier, we have an energy regulator that has done nothing no. in the last few years. With, Sitting on with his arse. Yeah. Like, like literally, you know, and they're making, oh my God, r- ridiculous money they're making. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, the government looking but at that. We, we, we have the head of the HSE on a ridiculous salary of whatever, close on half a million uh, euro. And we have a health system falling apart. Any other job, yeah. If you weren't doing your job properly and the, the, the department, department you're in charge of is not working out, you're out the door. Yeah, you'd be fired. And I mean, but like Iceland years ago did not like the government they had and the people of Iceland spoke and fired them all and they put people in that had degrees in economics and normal people that could That's right. bring the, yeah. the country back to where it should be. You know, and I mean, we we have to start talking with, with, with our votes. If we don't go out and vote, I, and I, I don't know how we're going to rectify this because there's nothing but a bunch of tools coming to the door looking for you to vote for them, you know, and I, I don't know how we're going to rectify this, but the people of Ireland have to start talking and saying enough is enough. We're not going to. Yeah, but this ne- these next elections are a joke. They're basically a Hobson's choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. It's another five. We're, we're doomed for another five years of the same shite. At least. Yeah. yeah. And in the meantime, inflation will go up and the cost of living will go up. And I mean, my brother has a small business. And I mean, he, you know, like if, if, if they were to push everybody to keep putting up these, you know, pay rises in line with the public sector, he'd be put out of business. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I understand. And what I said earlier on before Paul came on, and I'm kind of thinking of what Paul was saying, and he's probably right, is that even if they were going to give these public sector increases, and, you know, the doctors and the nurses and the guards, and all, well, not the doctors, but certainly the nurses and the guards, certainly deserve it, the teachers and everything else, but the politicians obviously don't. 3.6 billion it's going to cost, that they should put that same 3.6 billion into subsidising employers to give their employees a rise. Yeah, fair enough, but they're not going to do that. No, they're not. No. And, and to be honest with you, in hindsight, it's probably not the right thing to do either. No, it isn't. No, I mean, if you've got three point six billion that year, I mean, oh my God, how you the amount of things you could you could put right in this country with that three point six billion, you know? And I mean, civil servants are not badly paid; they're not, you know. So, well, like, well, well, hang on, stay there for a second, Peter. Just let me go to Madeline as well. Madeline, hi, how are you? Hi, no, I'm not bothering yourself. Good, Madeline. I think everybody is human, even at the very thoughts of a politician get more money. Absolutely disgraceful, absolutely. I'm just listening to the programme there this morning and you know what, in years to come I think they'll make a game about us here in Ireland uh, giving you money off your ESB, taking it back through your ESB bill and we're all sitting here and playing Monopoly with our lives at the moment. The government yeah. are treating the country like it was their own back garden. They have no regard for people. Um, over the last few weeks I've been talking to... I've, a large network of friends and uh, talking to people about uh, some of the, the guys coming to the doors looking for votes. And the minute the person opens the door and says, what's your policy on immigration? They can't get out of the garden quick enough. They're not even bothering trying to engage with them. So what does that tell you? Yeah. No, I know. They're, they, they seem to be oblivious to the fact that, well, they're not oblivious because that'd be stupid because they're not thick. They're intelligent people. But they're pretending to be oblivious to the fact that immigration is a problem. And I, I've heard numerous politicians saying immigration is not an issue when they're going up to the front doors. And I basically, any politician who says that is a liar. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, was a little, I have listened to um, Patrick Chauvin um, a lot lately. A little bit disappointed listening to him today. I thought he kind of sat on the fence and went very easy on the government. And oh, that was Eric. No, that wasn't Patrick. That was Eric Nelligan. But he's also from Maine too as well. Yeah, both, yeah both very elegant language. Um, I don't think the government have any intentions of changing what they're doing. I think they're paying lip service to the people at the moment. Um, I mean, there was an incident in town yesterday that involved a gun and a knife, and apparently, I don't listen to mainstream uh, media, but apparently that wasn't even mentioned in the news. I, I believe, um, just in relation to that incident, yes, it was a foreign national that had a gun in the centre of town, but it wasn't actually a real gun, I believe, according to Angarda Shikana. It was an imitation. That, but that's irrelevant. No, People would have felt no, threatened by it. Yeah. I came in with my shopping there half an hour ago, and my neighbour, who's a bit older than myself, said, I just couldn't be bothered going out. I just stay in my house all the time. I just think it's a really sad state of affairs that the country is in. But come here, just to mention, I there is a march in town on the 5th of February, Garden of Remembrance at 2 o'clock, and I really hope people will come out and support this. I supported all the protests in the past and very disappointed with the turnout. So I'm hoping there's a good turnout for this one now on uh, the Bank Holiday Monday. Okay, so that's uh, this Bank Holiday Monday, the 5th of February at the Garden of Remembrance. What two time? O'clock, uh, 2 o'clock. Garden of Remembrance, yeah. And okay. I hope people will, will come out because we need people to stand up and be heard. We need to deafen the government. We need to deafen them. Okay, Madeline, well said. Listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming thank on. You let, me, let me go to Peter, Julie. Peter, hi, how are you? How are you, Noel? How's it uh, going? Peter, you know, I mean, this doesn't go down well. I know we're looking after doctors, or should I say nurses and teachers and guards, right? And well done. And we should be doing that to some degree, I, I agree. But we also should be remedying the other problems so they don't have to leave the country and they can afford to work here. But the idea that a politician is getting an extra, you know, 15 or 20 grand in their wages to a lot of people 
that's just not going down well. That's nauseating. But it just, it just it shows how far and how, how out of touch they are with the struggles of real people's lives. It just shows they're, they're in their own little ivory towers, surrounded by their own echo chamber with their highly paid advisors. And they pay lip service to the needs of ordinary people. They, I've spoken many times, Niall, and say they don't care about people. They don't. They don't, don't actually care about people. They try and claim they're humanitarian with the immigration chaos they're creating in the country. But we, if we, they were humanitarian, we wouldn't have a homeless disaster. We wouldn't have a million people in hospital waiting lists. We wouldn't have 600 people on trolleys uh, today up and down the country. We wouldn't have people waiting for uh, special needs assessments, uh, mental health treatment, and all the other basic needs to have a dignified existence in Ireland. Like, you know, they mm. don't give a damn. They only serve the super rich, super wealthy 1%, and they bow down to their masters in Brussels all the time, rather than being interested in what uh, the needs of the people of Ireland, uh, what what serves us, such as, a, you know, I always argue, you know yourself, no, a right to a home, people should have a right to a decent health service right to dignified existence. That's essentially what people... Well, 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 whatever, whatever about our disagreement about, you know, should it be a constitutional right to a home, I do agree with you, Peter, that people should have a right to a decent existence. Uh, they should have a right to affordability, um, to be able to afford to buy a home. They should, And if they can't, that they should be assisted to do yeah. that. I think they should be able to afford to have a reasonable lifestyle. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be sitting there wondering, "Can I afford a chicken for dinner on Sunday?" You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That, that's but that's the, not the kind of country we're living in. We live in a very modern world with lots of money. There's no reason for us to be living like that, the way we're living at the moment. Well, exactly. You know, like you know, think about it. Right, the two billionaires in Ireland have as much wealth as the bottom fifty percent. The top one percent has over has thirty five point four percent of the wealth. Oxfam did a report a couple of weeks ago to say if if that if some of that wealth was redistributed. It'd be, it would create 9.2 billion euro. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, but I don't want to come across have, as anti-capitalist ta- either. You know dodging. what I mean? Well, no, we have tax dodging multinationals all around the place. Vulture funds don't pay any tax in Ireland. International finance moves wherever it wants to move to make as much money as possible. But the real, the real issue with all this, I think as well, is the government and, the, poli- and the, the media don't tell the truth to where this crisis comes from. They don't tell the truth. They just try and make issues into separate issues. This is about immigration. This is about housing. This is about whatever. And they make everything very... Uh, you know, compartmentalised rather than dealing with the underlying issue. They won't talk about the war in Ukraine. They won't talk about the blowing up of the Nord Stream. They won't talk about COVID lockdowns that create the biggest transfer to billionaires, smash small businesses. They won't talk about printing money out of thin air with the European Central Bank. They won't talk about the huge excessive profiteering that goes on. They won't talk about that because it keeps their vested interests in charge in Ireland. We're just sick of it. No, I'm actually sick. To be honest with you, we're sick to the back teeth of this and people... I believe people are rising in Ireland and people will stand up for what's... Uh, for, no, but, for, yeah, but, for Ireland uh, and they are, and I know there's a march on, on uh, Bank Holiday Monday and I'll mention that again before we finish it. But I, what I'm hearing is, when I hear somebody like Morris, who's a true blue dub, right, who was on earlier on, and I've been talking to Morris for years on the show, and, you know, a very proud Irishman, you know, was in the Irish army, etc., etc., and he's paid his mortgage off now, he's, you know, on the way to retirement. And I hear him saying that in a couple of years when he retires, he's leaving this kip. I mean, that's a sad indictment of what we've done to our country, isn't it? Well, listen, you know, when you think about the history in Ireland and the history of struggle, the struggle for our independence, going back generations, going back to, you could go back to, to Wolf's Town in 1798, you could go back to the, the Fenians of the 1800s, the Land League, you can go back to 1916. What people stood for, they stood for in Ireland, where we have a, we have a right to, to, to be in charge of our own destiny. And like the vast majority, overwhelming oh, majority of people in Ireland are decent people. Overwhelming majority are decent people. Mm-hmm. Want a decent existence for everybody. They're welcoming them. They're supportive. They're they're for a decent society. And like this shouldn't happen. 
for you know people who have given their life to Ireland and given their life to build up the country. Ordinary people who gave their life to build up this country, even people like Morris, even speaking about his granddaughters, that's horrific. Even with my own family, I know so many, even with my own family, they were forced to emigrate, qualified as as, uh, as nurses as well, and were forced out of, this, out of the country. I'd the leave. That they I, I can tell you, but, but Peter, I'd leave in the morning. If I if I thought I could, you know, have the same salary that I have at the moment and I could get it reasonably enough and easily well, I'd leave in the morning. Because I well, dis- I despise that, I, love, I, I don't despise Ireland. the country because I love Ireland and I love the people, yeah. right? But I despise the way our country's been run. I absolutely despise it. It actually makes me physically ill to think of the way we're running this country. But Noel, that's why we need to we need to build proper movements and offer and offer a real alternative in Ireland to what to what puts the needs of people for us, what people struggle and fall for. Like, you know, you've seen all the other laws coming at us and you know you've spoken about it and good on you. The hate speech law, the Digital Services Act and all the other stuff, which is a huge attack on our basic uh, freedom of right, freedom of expression as well. But the bigger thing is, is how do we build it? And I think how we build it is, is bring democracy back to communities. Bring it back, have, have community assemblies, have community forums where people make decisions to what, 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 what they need in their communities. That's essentially what sovereignty should be. It should go back, democracy should go back to the people. And be decided. The policy should be decided by the people. That's even in the Irish Constitution, Article Six states that the policy, the final arbiter of policy, should be the people. Nobody else. It shouldn't be any like you know this uh, elected government who essentially sell us, sell us out. And basically, less and less people are voting, understandably, because they 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 they're, they're just apathy. They know it's just, and that's what they want. They want people to be disillusioned. Now, oh, what's the point in voting? What's the point in changing things? You need real accountability from these politicians. That's what you really need. But you're never going to get that because even with the COVID inquiry they announced the other day, they said there'll be a, it'll be there will be no blame game. So in other words, they they want to be allowed to you know make as many mistakes as possible with a complete impunity. Well, we need to. We, well, you know what? We need to call them out now. I've had plenty of meetings organised around what what happened on with uh, COVID, for instance, and that's what you want: a no blame approach and nothing to see here. Let's move on of whitewash. Are we not sick of that in Ireland? We got that with the banking inquiry, you know. Like, look at the austerity. That oh, we're, well, we're going to get that with the fallout from immigration in a few years' time when we realise the damage we did. Now, you're already seeing, of course, Helen McEntee rolling back now and adding a list of countries to safe countries, for example, um, and nonsense. saying they'll be dealt with within 90 days and all this kind of nonsense. But what they're doing is here, and this rise, it's all optics. We're coming to a general yeah. election. They want to make as many people happy now in the next six or seven months as they possibly can, coming up to the local elections as well. Actually, do me a favour, Peter. Stay there, because I want to go to Maliki as well on this. And I want you to stay there, Peter because I think you probably agree with each other for the first time. Uh, Maliki, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, Niall. Um, Maliki, nice to have you on the show quite at the at the end, but uh, let's get back to the original question. Is giving this rise, this 10.25% rise, is a decent rise over the next two years, is, that, is this a good idea in, in general to public sector workers? Leaving aside, we all think it's a bad idea for politicians, but for public sector workers, or is Paul Trevor right? We shouldn't be giving the, the rises that like this. We should be fixing the economy and reducing the cost. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I agree with Paul there, and I was down at his restaurant um, on Saturday there. Unfortunately, he's on holidays till, till February, right. so I couldn't partake in a meal there. Yeah, he's painting uh, the restaurant today, I believe, yeah. Well, I think it's a nice yellow as it is, so <laughs> I sent you a picture. Actually, you did, you did, I saw it. Just to prove it. Um, but all that will do is drive up inflation. We should be bringing down costs, and I know Paul, you know, talks about fat and all. In my business, the fat is 23%, which yeah. is... Almost a quarter of everything I take in goes straight away to the government. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, we should either have income tax or spending tax. We can't have both. And how has society uh, allowed um, 
um, something to develop where we allow the government to take the bulk of our money. And we praise them then almost, or certainly mainstream media praises them. When they turn around, as they did a couple of weeks ago, and say, oh, everybody will have 800 euro extra in their pocket this year because of the tax changes. What they actually should have said was, we're not going, we're going to rob 800 euro less from you this year. <laughs> and that would actually be the truth. It's, it's like the scenario and, you know, I mentioned when you go into the garage and you see that the, the diesel is 155 and you're smiling, putting it into your car, thinking, I'm doing well here. You're not actually, you're still being robbed, you're just being robbed less. But on the same day, Niall, that they done, that they said you're getting your 800 quid back, my tolls for the year went up by almost two and a half thousand euro. Yeah. The toll the, on the tunnel has gone up from 10 to 12. And the rest of the time, it's gone to three, three something or other. Yeah. So I added it up, and that's two and a half grand extra per year, which I have to go and find somewhere. I won't be getting a ten percent rise. We, solicitors and and most businesses haven't been able to raise their prices since long before COVID, actually since the economic crash. And people think you know that that self-employed people are are somehow raking it in. We're certainly not, and we spend most of our time collecting tax and spending time doing that. And the amount of regulation right across business, whether it's somebody renting out a house or somebody running a restaurant or, mm. or a solicitor's practice or anything, the amount of red tape and regulation that's tied up in, in trying to actually just work is phenomenal. And it's, it's all about, because every piece of paper you fill in for the government, there's a charge on. And there's no logic to most of it other than keeping people in jobs. And when people talk about the public service, you know, and we all say, right, well, maybe the nurses and doctors and all these people who are actually frontline workers should get a bit more. But all of these people who work for the NGOs and the quangos and all these government committees and commissions and, uh, uh, you know, are raking it in. Just to give you a small example, and, and your previous caller there talked about elections and people signing for elections and all that. And as you know, I'm doing that myself. For my election, I have to go out and try and raise money from, from anybody that will give it to me within the limits that the government says I can, can get. Mm. I have to take time out of my own work, which is money, in order to, to stand and, and campaign. I have to get all my stuff printed and design all that ourselves. But the bulk of people who are standing in this election are standing for political parties and they actually work for the political party that they stand for. So their full-time job is to propagate government or opposition propaganda, which is more or less the same, and to, to get elected. And that's their nine to five job. Whereas those of us who actually care about this country, Have who are trying to make a yeah. living to provide for our families, yeah. are yeah. penalised in trying to do that. And some of your callers, and one of the things I was going to glad you're promoting it yourself, is the massive mobilisation that we're having, or we hope it will be massive, on the 5th of February. Um, will you be there, Peter? By the, the way, will you be, will you be going to the oh, Garden Remembrance on the on the fifth of February? Well, the first I've heard, the first I've heard of it. To be honest with you, I haven't heard about it before. Like, but I definitely look at it a little bit with how, like, if it's something that's vitally important. Well, 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 okay, okay just, well, and just before we go, Malik, clarify what the march is about. What okay, do you I'll, what I'll, do I'll, you stand for, and what what is the I'll, principle I'll, of the march? Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a little example just before I, I do that. People will remember the the anti-far right, as they called it, March a couple of months ago, or earlier in the year. All the NGOs, all the proper, All the paid hacks of this country. That got wall-to-wall -wall coverage for two to three weeks before it, right across the media, 
right across the political landscape, all people who are paid by us who are out propagating this. We won't get one mention across mainstream media for this protest on Monday, the first time we've had this bank holiday on uh, at St. Bridget's uh, yeah. Day, or close to St. Bridget's Day, at two o'clock at the Gardener Remembrance. And it's about, firstly, it's about the uncontrolled immigration into this country. It's about the housing problem. It's about the health service. It's about the attempt to remove mothers from our lives and from our constitution. It's about everything that, it's, it's against everything almost that this government stands for. And people need to come out and say they're opposed to what passes for government in this country. They're opposed to the, the weak need um, mm. bending of the knee to, to European interests or the European Union's interests, not even in Europeans. In oh, that's European right, interests. Peter's Ali. And, yeah. And people <laughs> need to stand up. The, the okay, time well, for sitting well, around at keyboards okay, Malaga, is over. I, I'm running out of time. Okay, so February... Uh, on the bank holidays so of February 5th. Next bank Monday. Next Monday. Next Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Hail, rain or snow. Hail, rain no or snow. No excuses. Garden of Remembrance. Be there. Garden of Remembrance. At what time? Two, Two o'clock. o'clock. Two o'clock, okay. Now, just just finally, Maliki, um, just in relation to what Peter was saying there, uh, getting back, he basically blames the government saying that they're serving the people, their they're masters in Europe. I don't think anybody disagrees with that, actually. Um, it, should they give the rise or not? Well, you see, yeah. The, the problem with the rise is the linking of it to all of these grades. The politicians, if you remember a number of years ago, were getting exorbitant raises, which they were voting for themselves. So then they, they linked it to the, 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 mm. these pay agreements. So they automatically get it. So really, it's not our fault or it's somebody else. you know. But there is no way that somebody in this country, the size of this country, like the head of the Department of Health, should be paid the salary that they're paid. There is no way that the, that the president of this country should be paid the exorbitant salary that he's paid. There is no way that the vast bulk of senior people within the establishment here should be paid what they're paid. There's no reason an, an NGO, the head of an NGO, whose job, in fact, is to implement government policy or propagate for it, should be on 130,000 a year. People should earn and get a salary commensurate with the work that they do and how good they are at that job. Somebody within the civil service shouldn't automatically get a, a rise because they've been there X amount of years. You're either good at your job or you're not. And the problem we have with this, with the civil service and that in this country, it is impossible to be sacked. It's a job for life. It's a pension for life. And the pay increases come automatically, regardless of okay. whether you're in. Okay, unfortunately, I've run out of time, Peter, I, I, unless you want to say something very briefly. And the, the, the final point, Joyce, Niall, Niall oh. I make, in relation to, because somebody mentioned the COVID inquiry, where there'll be no blame. There is actually no reason to have an inquiry into something if you're not going to hold anybody accountable. No, I, I would completely agree with you. All of the time. There was a lot of, I, by the way, I, I don't mind if people made genuine mistakes based on information they didn't have at the time. But there was information that they had at the time and they still made stupid mistakes and lives and that cost lives. It cost damage to the economy, et cetera, et cetera. Peter, just very quickly, is there anything you want to say just before I finish? Yeah, just briefly on the union, but just one thing that was very missed on the union bosses. Like Ireland is a low wage economy, right? One of five workers are very low pay in Ireland. <laughs> but the, the, it is a low wage economy. And the big thing is part of the migration issue is to get cheaper labour in. That's fact. 
But the other thing as well as the union bosses, just make a quick point on that. They're so out of touch compared to the unions that James Connolly and Jim Larkin stood stood for with the great with the lockout over nineteen thirteen. Like the stood up for fighting uh, union for proper workers' rights, for proper living conditions for people as well, which are vitally important. The union bosses now are completely out of touch. They're all on six-figure salaries as well, and they're in the pockets of the government. That's the reality. They're in the pockets of them. They don't serve even the workers, the low-pay workers in the public sector who do great work. The frontline workers, nurses, you know, teachers, even the public service. You see around up and down Dublin city, we have very little investment in uh, public sector, p- proper public sector workers in our parks in our public spaces, in our housing, all the rest of it. You, give, you should be giving apprenticeships for people in the area to give them hope and give them a chance of having a proper future where you can live and work in, in the area where you're from, the proper community. Okay. That's what they should be building. And that's what Ireland, that's what Ireland could become. But we, don't, we, can, we need to organise and, and uh, stand up against that. Okay, listen, lads, thank you. Malachy, Peter uh, from the Dublin Renters Union. Thank you very much indeed, Malachy Steenson as well. All right, uh, thank you to everybody who got involved in the show. I could have kept it over two or three hours. Once you mention politicians getting a pay rise, should the phones just start hopping? Um, can I mention as well that we got some great messages in. Tony, by the way, says, Hi, I know Niall doesn't like when I bring sexuality into a conversation, but Ireland is run by gay men who are totally out of touch with reality. They haven't got a clue what it's like trying to raise a family in Ireland. I think this is a major flaw in the Irish government. Well, you're entitled to your view on it. Uh, Glenn says, They change things in the Constitution that affect us. Let us change things in the Constitution that affect them. In other words, let's have a half-time in a politician's term and get rid of those useless ones. Or half-term, I think is what you probably meant. Um, hi, Niall. Fully agree with the contributor from Galway. The crowd in Kildare Street are not fit for purpose. That includes the so-called opposition. Their pensions and entitlements are criminal and not one will ever look to amend it. That's like asking a turkey to vote for Christmas. The solution is that we need to start again. In the national interest, we need to bring in the top business people with their own teams, replace all our senior civil servants in each department since they are the real problem. Our TDs and ministers are just the figureheads. Give them powers and authority to turn things around within six years uh, when they leave a team in, uh, in put in place to continue the work. It's a radical thought, a radical idea, but it's needed. Yeah. Um, and he mentions the top areas, finance, uh, justice, housing, HSC, capital, projects. And, and you didn't even mention immigration, but there you go. Maybe you meant that in justice when you said part three. I think immigration is probably one of the biggest hot potatoes in this country. Anyway, we've had so many comments in uh, today and it's all because at the very top of that topic is the idea of a politician getting a rise. That really wasn't what the topic is about, but that was enough to drive people to contact us today. And we did that intentionally, by the way. I mentioned that in the piece earlier on this morning when I said we were talking about it, because I knew it would annoy people. I knew it would annoy people because people are so disappointed and feel so let down by the government. And somebody said it earlier on that they're disconnected. They are completely disconnected from you. When you look at the average TD, for example, who's getting maybe 110,000 or whatever it is, and an average minister, by the way, is getting more than that, up to 180,000, plus expenses. They have no idea how you live. So when you moan and complain that you can't afford to, you know, have your roast dinner on a Sunday or you can't afford to put diesel in your car, they haven't got a bull's notion how you feel. They think you're just moaning for the sake of it. They think, ah, don't mind them. They're just saying that. They haven't got a clue because they don't live like you. They have a six-figure salary. Almost double that, actually. They have a six-figure salary. So they don't understand what it's like. When you run down the stairs in the morning and you're reaching through your wallet looking for 20 euro to see if you got enough diesel to get to work that day because it's coming up to the last day of the month, they have no clue what that's like. 
because they walk down the stairs and they have a government, uh, a state driver will drive them to work. If they don't, they put the diesel in for expenses anyway, even if it's their own private car. They have no understanding of how you feel. You're working away, waiting patiently to get your two weeks holidays in the summer and your week in the winter, whatever it is, and you're dying for that, just that break away from work. They don't know how that feels either because they get holidays like children from school. They were off for a month, nearly at Christmas. When they make decisions, it doesn't directly affect them because, okay, they may live in this country, but they can move out at any time. Remember, they're practically out of the country more than they're in it when you look at the amount of times that a lot of these top ministers are actually in the country. They're jetting off around the world. Then you've got a minister telling us all how we should live. We should cycle bikes, drive electric cars. We should pay taxes on things that we don't particularly want to use. We shouldn't fly on planes because, of course, that's going to change the climate of the world. But yet that same minister flies all over the world for meetings about the very same thing. They want you to live the way they tell you to live, not the way they want to live. They live in luxury. Don't be fooled. And your problem in this election, when it comes around, and I, I will put bets they will have the election in November, because that will give them time to get a nice budget in that makes you feel good, nice optics. But don't be fooled, it's bollocks. They do it every five years. Just before an election, they'll have a nice budget. We'll drop the USC. We'll drop the tax rates. We'll, uh, we'll give you a few quid back in your pocket. We'll do all sorts of things. Because there'll be an election a month later. And they'll purposely have the election in November. They have right up to, by the way, March next year to have the election. But they won't. They'll have it maybe in November, at the latest February, when it's cold. Because they don't want the older people coming out to vote. They don't mind the younger people because they know the younger people will vote for them because they don't have the life experience that older people have to be able to see through their bullshit. So they will let, or they'll have that election in the winter to hope the least amount of people turn up. Will Sinn Féin do as well as they did the last time? I certainly hope not. Sinn Féin were the great white hope, as they called them the last time, because, of course, people wanted change. Sinn Féin may have been that change last time round. Well, what have they done now? For a lot of people, and I'm hearing it from a lot of working class people, they've turned their backs on them. Because, of course, the politicians walk up to your door and they'll tell us, nobody wants to talk about immigration. Where, in fact, everybody is talking about immigration, apart from government ministers in the doll. They're the only ones not talking about it. They're destroying the country and they want you to vote for them again. So they can continue to do that for another five years. What I suggest to you, before you vote in the next election, have a good look around at your local independents or the smaller parties. I can't tell you who to vote for. I can tell you who not to vote for. So please, please, this is your country. Don't let them destroy it any further. If you want to go along to that march that Maliki mentioned, by the way, it's on the 5th of November, this Monday, the Garden of Remembrance at 2 o'clock. He mentioned it was about a lot of things. And there are a lot of things to march about. You've got climate taxes, you've got immigration, you've got housing and accommodation, you've got the healthcare system on its knees. What more would you want to march for? They're all the right things to march for. But of course, if you turn up, RTE will call you right wing because that's what happens all the time. I got an email this morning, actually, from some clown who basically says that they had noticed that Niall is a little bit right wing lately on his online activity. 
That's bizarre, isn't it? So it's okay to be left-leaning, but it's not okay to be right-leaning. That's some sort of negative thing, is it? We've now live in a society where you don't have a choice how you live your life anymore or the opinions you hold. Because it's seen as some sort of negative thing that maybe you should lose your job because of that. I'm a conservative. And I'm very proud of the fact that I'm a conservative. I'm not extreme right wing. I'm not extreme left. I'm probably right of centre if you want to really give me a label. But I could be left of centre on many issues that some people might not agree with me on. There's nothing negative about being right of centre. There's nothing negative about being conservative. The population of this country, like the population of most countries, is split down the middle when it comes to people who are liberal and conservative. Some people are free for all. They don't care. They just want progression, progression, progression. And then you have the conservatives who pull them back just a little bit to slow things down. You might not agree with them. You might not agree with them. But they're all entitled to a view. But in Ireland at the moment, the way things are, the government are like the mayor in the village. And the mayor in the village every single week makes new laws. But the only people allowed to vote on those laws are the people that they invite because they agree with them. That's Ireland that we live in right now. Anyway, thank you for sharing us with us today. And I can see a lot of people are very unhappy at the very idea of Leo Radker or Michal Martin getting more money. But there you go. But like I mentioned as well that tomorrow is our 150th live show. Now, we've done lots of interviews. Oh, it's 149 tomorrow. Sorry, it's 150 the day after. We've done a lot of interviews as well. We've done about 60 or 70 interviews. And they don't stream like this one does now. So you don't get to see them. But if you want to get to see them, go to the website. And it's www.nileboylan.com. You can listen to them for free. But if you want to see the interviews, and a lot of the interviews like the one we did the other day about George Floyd, for example, with an investigative journalist from America, is worth seeing. Because she's a very professional woman that I was speaking to, well worth seeing. So you should go on and watch them. To watch them, you have to subscribe to the site. But don't think there was an arsehole who tweeted me there last week and said, uh, what are you doing charging people for looking at your videos? How else do you think we're supposed to pay bills? You know, it's not, we can't operate a charitable service. Unfortunately, we're not philanthropists. We couldn't operate it. We couldn't afford to do that. We have bills to pay here. None of us get paid. The three of us work on this show. We don't get paid. We just do it because we love doing it. We'd like to get to a point at some point where we could give up our own jobs and put all of our energy into this more and more. But at the moment, if we can pay the bills, we're happy. Thank you to all the people who've subscribed on the website and who've sent us a donation. But I'd really appreciate if you could try, if you haven't already done it, please try and subscribe to the website. For that, you can look at all the videos of all those 100 and almost 50 episodes and 60 or 70 interviews as well over the last seven months. You can watch all of those. They're all there on the website, nileboylan.com. So please do support us. It's really, really important. We don't advertise, as you can see on the stream or anything like that. So the only way we can get money and the only way we can pay the bills, and it is expensive, trust me, it's very expensive to continue to do this, but we want to keep doing it and it's getting bigger very soon. The only way we can do it is by your support, your financial support, as well as your support by watching us and downloading every single day. Every month, by the way, we have seen an increase in our downloads, particularly this month. We've seen a massive increase this month in the amount of downloads. So more and more of you are sharing the story that this show is available. And it's your show, by the way. You might notice I don't do most of the talking, apart from at the very end. 
Most of the people that do the talking are our callers. I don't censor anybody, no matter what your views happen to be, whether I agree with them or not. So please do support your show by going to our website, nileboylan.com. Don't forget, by the way, everybody who supports us, who either subscribes or donates, you can donate five euro, five million. Be great if you could do the five million, by the way. Um, everybody who donates or supports us goes into a draw every single day and we give away one of our smug mugs. That's them on the screen there. Beautiful mugs with the Nile Boylan podcast logo on one side in blue. And then on the back, of course, you have woman, adult, human, female on the back. That's not for controversy. It's because we believe it. Politicians won't be able to tell you what a woman is, will they? Anyway, thank you very much indeed. We shall talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 The Niall Boylan podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 